welcome to the very to to the E3 episode uh, of of the Gaming Trend podcast or whatever it'll end up be calling. Today we're just going to be talking about E3. This is the episode post E3 focus exactly on that, on the conferences, on the reveals, on the games, and everything in between. Uh, I'm Pierce Turner, your host, and I'm today I'm uh, with Mike Dunn, who is the editor at large at Gaming Trend. How's it going? Hey, Mike. Um, I'm also with Elisha Diagracias. He is the news editor. Hey there. And I'm with John Farrell, who is the tabletop editor. Or, or, remind me again what that was? What My title? Yeah. Uh, tabletop editor. Tabletop editor. Oh, cool. What does that mean exactly? Um, so I, I am the... I don't know exactly what it means. Um, <laughs> I do a lot of our, our work on the tabletop side, so board games, role-playing games, okay. that sphere... Cool. So you'll have uh, you'll have some interesting uh, perspectives for the show. Um, real quick, I think what everybody really wants to know and whatever is curious is what was everybody's favorite conference. Mike, we'll start with your with you. What was your favorite conference this year? Uh, so personally, I think Microsoft kind of uh, took the crown this year. Uh, I've been waiting for years for Microsoft to convince me to buy an Xbox One, and they finally did it this year. Uh, I put my order in for an Xbox One X last night. Wow. Um, I uh, I think um, I think by far the worst was EA. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I couldn't believe how just utterly unprofessional and uh, boring that one was. I'll, I'll go into detail on that, yeah, on why well, I think that in a minute. But <laughs> We all have plenty to say, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, Elisha, what was your favorite and least favorite? Um, I'm going to go with a tie between... See, I'm kind of biased because I'm more of a Nintendo fanboy. So I wanted to say Nintendo, but I know that they have like they, they only had a few games showcased. So I want to say either a tie between Bethesda and actually Devolver Digital. Now, like Bethesda, it they had a lot of products concerning, you know, not just for, you know, PC fans with Fallout 76, but they also had things, you know, um, they released Fallout Shelter on the Switch, and, you know, I'm a big Switch guy. So, you know, and also other Switch support too. So I, I was really excited for that. And Devolver Digital, just because it's just balls to the wall crazy, they did that last year too, where it's kind of like this weird, we only announced two or three games, but it's just this crazy you know nina struthers person and i just really enjoyed that i mean it, it, in terms of games there it wasn't you know there's was only three games announced but i really loved it yeah uh, as for the worst conference um i want to say square enix i had like high hopes especially you know you got final fantasy 7 remake that people really want kingdom hearts 3 was there it's it's been i don't know like they've had three trailers i think at this point it's like two and a half <laughs> Okay, two and a half. But Which like, is very fitting for them. <laughs> yeah, 2.8 trailers. Never to finish it. <laughs> Just make it all more confusing. Um, yeah, uh, what about you, John? Favorite and least favorite? So I'm actually on uh, similar wavelengths as these others. I thought in terms of game quality, Microsoft absolutely took it away. Um, I was not impressed with the Xbox One at all up until this point, but they showed off a lot that really made me reconsider that opinion. My personal favorite was Devolver Digital, just because we've had so many public instances of hype culture really ruining things for everyone lately, and it's it, it healed my heart a little bit to see somebody calling that out, the corporate nature that E3 can sometimes get infected with, and just you know reminding us that this is all about games and doing it in an entertaining way. Um, and in terms of worst, 
I think I think I have to agree with Square Enix. I mean, they they had a couple of interesting products that they showed off, but overall, not that much to really impress. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you bring up something that I actually wanted to bring up at the end was: Is E three necessary anymore? Is E three outdated? Um, but we'll save that for the end after we've actually discussed all the conferences. Um, and speaking of which, let's start with EA. They were Saturday, um, first conference, the only conference of that day. Uh, personally, EA was the worst for me. Um, it was only worse than Square Enix because it was just so messy. So it, yeah. it almost felt like it didn't belong, like it, it didn't have any reason to exist. They showed off one game, that's Anthem, that was really worth showing, in my opinion, and the biggest news of the day was uh, the Star Wars game told by a, a man who <laughs> didn't even realize he was going to be interviewed. That in was the painful. Audience. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, I got to agree with that. Um, their biggest their biggest announcement was that Star Wars game, and it was almost like they just didn't care about it. Yeah, um, but they did open with some interesting news, and that's that Battlefield Five or Battlefield V, is getting a Battle Royale mode. Um and it's kind of funny that that was sort of a meme going into E3, and that was literally the first thing announced at a conference. Well, and this is interesting. When we take people memifying that announcement and everything Devolver Digital was making fun of, it seems like inadvertently EA just embodied all of it. Yeah. But did they do it on purpose, or like was it intentional, or was it just falling right into the trap? That's the question. I don't know if EA knows the difference anymore. Yeah. And Mike, you said you you weren't feeling EA. Um, what what specifically about like you said it was really messy and unprofessional. Like what what specifically got you? Well, it just it just it was so kind of uh, haphazard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be the I'm not really into sports games, so sure. none of, none of the sports game stuff really appealed to me. But that's more of a personal thing. Um, but I think the other than the star than the the kind of limp Star Wars respawn Star Wars announcement. Yeah. The thing that really struck me was that the the one thing that the thing that they left for the end, Anthem, like by the time I got to the end of that segment, I actually found myself less interested in Anthem mm-hmm. based on how lethargic that presentation was just in general. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until I saw some more footage, I think it was some PC footage a couple of days later that I got interested in, right, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this this is actually going to be a good game. Um, uh, is everybody here, how does everybody here feel about Anthem? Personally, I'm, I'm not that excited for it, and that might have something to do with the release date because it's coming out the same day as every other game. Uh, that was shown at E3, and it's just so down on the list for me that I I can't really care about it as much. Um, what about what about you, Elisha? Uh, what do you think? Like I I don't want to say I couldn't care less, but it's kind of more of a thing of I'm not really into that genre. Sure. So it's kind of like when Anthem was announced last year, I was more like, oh, that's cool. I mean, it's good for whoever wants it, right? But yeah, you know, kind like, of looks like Destiny just... meets Iron Man <laughs> or something something weird like that. Right, and I'm just like I'm not I'm not really too sure at this point. I'm just like it's EA. They're they're pulling their, their same shenanigans, uh, based on like either the rumors or the things that we've taught, like we've heard and everything. I'm just not interested. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like eh. yeah. And if 
EA's big game, their really only game at uh, at their conference, was a game that's sort of half the people are interested and the other half people are worried, like uh, hesitantly interested. That's not good. That's not a good sign. Um, yeah. Right? And Mike, you, yeah, you, you said that you like you said it was preference that you don't like sports games, but I feel like even sports game fans themselves don't really care to see them at e3 the people who care about those games aren't going to e3 to find out more about them so why do we keep seeing them on stage and why do they keep taking up so much time it's weird that ea hasn't learned that you know so so that's actually not true um like ea ever for as long as i can remember has strongly represented sports games at e3 uh because that has always been a huge part of their catalog and um, especially titles like FIFA, uh, like you know, that doesn't really have as much appeal as uh, a lot, let's say Madden here in the states. But uh, worldwide, and especially in Europe, uh, that's a really big deal. And um, I, I think it's just a matter of like that is a very kind of uh, focused segment segment uh, of the audience mm-hmm. and you know not a lot of us at at gaming trend are are sports guys so you know we don't really kind of see that but like i've i've seen the crowds at the ea booth for those sports games mm-hmm. over the years and uh they're huge like there is a lot a lot of uh of people that are really, really into those and are really anticipating those announcements at E3. And EA is really the only one that gives it to them. Right. Well, I, I suppose when you put it that way, EA could be some people's favorites if, if sports is sports games is what they're interested in. Certainly though, even, even then like it's there, there is, is kind of like, Oh, it's just the yearly update kind of thing with them. Right. Um, it's just some guys going on stage and sort of pretending to have banter and, gets really awkward gets really weird yeah Um, (laughs) most of the time when i've seen people get excited about it it's when they like when they unveil some kind of new concept or 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 new series uh but it's uh it's it's you know it's hard to after what 19 games it's hard to get real excited about madden Mm -hmm. it's basically the same thing every year and like they tweak some things here and there i don't know i am kind of talking out of my ass a little bit on that (laughs) one because I really don't have I really only have like secondhand information when it comes to that sort of thing. But that's that's generally the gist of what I get. Well, I mean, it's fair. It's not I, I wouldn't say you're talking about your ass. I mean, you say it's hard to get excited for it. And that's just because you're seeing what everybody else is seeing. You're seeing these reveals right. and they're not exciting you. They're not exciting me. Maybe something's wrong. Um, right. Maybe we should stop throwing random people on stage with big funky pants talking about uh, stuff we don't understand. And I don't know, maybe just have a demo or something. Uh, or maybe EA just needs some competition in the sports arena. Could be. Um, so. Speaking of competition, I want to go ahead and start talking about Microsoft because I'm curious. Uh, a lot of people think Microsoft had the best show. Um, personally, I think it was Microsoft's best E3 ever. And Mike, uh, it made you pre-order an Xbox. So it must yeah, be pretty good. Yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> So for years, I've been I've been kind of looking. Basically, every E3 presentation that Microsoft has done, ever since they announced the Xbox One, I've basically gone into that saying, "Okay, 
give me a reason to get one of these. Mm -hmm. The first time it was, give me a reason to get one over the PS4. I bought a PS4 that year. Um, Then, like, I think a couple of years later, give me a reason to get one over a PC. I bought a PC. Uh, Last year, uh, like, I just just wasn't feeling it then either because I was like, okay, I still have a PC, and it's great, and I can play all the games that I want, really want, on that that I'm seeing for the Xbox. But I would I did I got to admit I did come into this one a little predisposed uh because I'd already been considering getting an Xbox One X because I've been kind of eager to jump on the 4K bandwagon. Right. Um and I wasn't sure if I wanted to get a PS4 Pro because I already have a PS4 mm-hmm. and it's doing just fine for me and Really, it was it was about kind of price and exclusives and just like kind of overall feel as far as the Xbox One X went. Like, I when the Xbox One X came out last fall, I wasn't really convinced. Um, but something about the show, and I and and I can't really put my finger on it. There's really no one thing except for maybe one moment during the conference where they announced that they had just bought five studios right? and that they were really going hard on, um, on a console exclusives going forward and just the, like the general attitude and atmosphere of what they were presenting. It was just game after game, after mm-hmm. game, after game, tons of new content, even if they weren't exclusives, like they, they were really all about the games yeah, it took years, but it seems like they finally nailed the conference, the, like the, the perfect conference format, the sort of thing that Sony did uh, a couple years ago in 2016. Yep. Like, it's just game, 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 announcement, announcement, a few exclusives in there. Um, as far as I could tell, the only true exclusives were Halo, Gears of War, um, and a, a few smaller titles. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that session. Battletoads. Battletoads, uh, which was a actual title and nothing else, but um, yeah. uh, I was confused at first because Halo Infinite is the new Halo game officially, um, mm-hmm. but that that trailer looked very different from a typical Halo game. It looked more cartoonish almost to me. I thought it was like a spinoff title, like a big multiplayer game or like a battle royale game, even. Um, but it's truly, they've said it, it's truly the new, the next Halo game. It might, might as well be Halo 6. Um, I don't know if, that, how, how did that get anybody else here excited for, uh, for it? Well, so, real quick, my son, my son pointed one thing out to me. My son is a huge Halo fan, and he hasn't really been into Halo 5 or Halo 4. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he loves, like, the first three, especially. Yeah. Um, he, he pointed out that, uh, what from what he saw, it was they went back to the old art style. Yeah, that's what I've heard and, around. And I and think that's that's what and and that piqued my interest quite a bit. That's a, uh, personally, I liked Halo Four. I haven't played Halo Five. I think I will be playing it soon. Uh, you will have an Xbox, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, it, I I am kind of looking forward to getting back into that. And if they're it's it seems like they might be kind of going back to basics and going forward at the same time with that one just based on what i'm hearing yeah and that'd be great because you know halo at the time halo one and two were coming out halo was the king of first person shooters um especially for multiplayer uh so if they go back to that you know games like doom are gonna have some competition and that's exciting 
um, because more competition is always good. Um, well, the thing that I was afraid of is that Halo, what what Infinite meant was some kind of battle royale mode. That's what and, I thought too. Ugh. And it still could. I would consider it very that. well still could. Yeah, that would kind of be worst case scenario for me, where you have a setting with so many options so many fascinating places you could take it so many interesting moral quandaries and different factions if you put that in a battle royale game i will be very sore well, uh, <laughs> yeah yeah well I, I always liked old halo multiplayer games because they were very fair like you everybody goes in with the same guns on the same map mm-hmm. you pick things up I, that that format is sort of lost now um yeah and i and really miss that Something else that we've lost that I thought was very important is um, the fact that Halo, every time you encountered someone in Halo, there would be a duel, and you'd really have to gauge the other person and try to guess what their abilities were, and it would be a good few seconds, whereas in more modern shooters are so much faster. Right. I think that takes away some of what I really enjoyed about that experience. Yeah, and it was the same in like Quake or, or the, old, the old Doom games. Um, yeah. I know what you mean. I missed that. Um, so after Halo, we finally got an answer on uh, the mystery from software game, which is one of the worst uh, developers to put in a sentence. Um, but a new game from From Software is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, which is an entirely new IP. Um, it looks very similar to a Souls game or a Bloodborne game, um, albeit it takes place in some sort of feudal Japan. You're fighting large troll men that can suplex you off cliffs um looks like you're gonna be dying very easily uh i'm excited i like bloodborne a lot a lot of people like dark souls what do you guys think i'm very excited at the new movement abilities that they've shown off um which i think is really going to in a literal sense add a new dimension to the game dark souls was very locked down. You mm-hmm. were a heavy character, and they changed that up over time. Yeah, Blood Dark Souls were... characters are real, real fat. They're yeah. <laughs> real fat men. Yeah. Even in Dark Souls Three, Bloodborne had you moving around more, but mm-hmm. this seems to interact with a lot of verticality of the maps, which probably means more interesting level design yeah. uh, and enemy placements. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I hope I die a lot. It's actually I, I can't decide which one I'm more excited for that or. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, but we'll be talking about that later. Um, They showed off Fallout 76 a little bit, but we'll talk about that in Bethesda since they showed significantly more. Um, The Uh, Question. Uh, One of of the games that they did show off that is very, very high on my radar is... uh, Well, Session. Well, I got something to say about Session here in a minute. Oh, I can't wait. Actually. (laughs) Um, But... uh, no, um, I was wondering, uh, I know the last two Tomb Raider games were console exclusives, timed console exclusives uh, for Xbox. The second Xbox. one was, the first one wasn't. Okay, that's right. I knew it was one of those. Um, do we know if uh, this third one is? It's not. It's not, it's okay. Not. Uh, yeah, they it had the PS4 on it uh, at the end of the Square Enix trailer. Got it, got um, it, okay. Yeah, and I, I, I think that was a kind of a sour deal for crystal and square um so they probably wouldn't be doing that again but yeah. uh yeah tomb raider shown off uh looks great um session looked interesting i want to i'm really curious i want to know what you think about session session if you don't know is uh which you i don't blame you for not knowing is a new skateboarding game um a lot of people were hoping it was gonna be skate four um but it's a i guess a new ip 
what do you have to say about that, Mike? So, so yeah, I was actually very surprised to see that. Um, like as it was building, as the trailer was building up, I was wondering if it was session, um, for a minute, I, I was thinking it was skate four, but then I figured EA probably would have said something about it at their conference, but I was very pleasantly <laughs> surprised that it was session and mostly because I'm, I actually backed that game on Kickstarter. That's right. It okay. was a Kickstarter game. Um, but yeah, no, I was very <laughs> impressed with that. What made you want to back? Are you a, are you like a skating game fan? Is this? Uh, I love skating okay. games. So this explains huge. I didn't huge know that. fan. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like the only sports game that's. It, I don't even really consider it a sports game, really, uh, genre. But um, I, I've I love the Tony Hawk games. I even love skate. So as a skating um, fan, how does this game look to you? How does it hold up to Tony Hawk to skate? Well, I mean, it was, it, it was, they were, it, it looked like they were kind of going after the same promise that Skate made originally, where they were trying to go for more kind of realistic control schemes. Okay. Um, where you're, you're having more granular control uh, um, over your movement and your actions instead of just kind of the arcade style of Tony Hawk. Uh, I didn't think Skate. Yeah, the one where you play did, as- Star Wars characters and sometimes Spider-Man. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, you know, it's more button mashy and just like, sure. you know, do little button combos and you do, you know, like a 360 spin or something, right? Um, but uh, I, uh, I I guess I guess the reason why I kickstarted is, is primarily because I just wanted a skating game again and I wasn't happy with the last attempt to bring back Tony Hawk mm-hmm. and no one else was making one. Yeah. And uh I loved that these indie devs were were really, you know, kind of trying their own spin on it. Um and I I'm very pleased that Microsoft picked them up and and kind of gave them that boost like that. That's good now, to hear that you're happy with a Kickstarter game. The uh, the one Kickstarter game I've ever backed was Mighty Number no. Nine, so oh, I just yeah. kind of stay away from that now. Um, oh no, I'm a, I'm a Kickstarter junkie. That's okay. a that's a whole podcast in and of itself. Right. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. We'll talk about that sometime for sure. Though I do a lot of board games on Kickstarter, so. Yeah, the board game, well, that is a separate thing, but board games (laughs) owe an unspeakable amount of success to Kickstarter right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, so they had Session, and then they had a few surprises, um, things that you would have expected to see maybe at Sony. Um, They had a Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, which revealed Frozen as a new world, as well as a few other things, um, which was huge for, you know, fans of the series like myself. Um, But the big thing is just that it was at Microsoft. Uh, It's just that was sort of weird, um, but it didn't. You know, the game's coming to Xbox. They they said it was way back when it was announced in 2013. Um, so I guess it's it makes sense. Um, but they also had Devil May Cry 5, which is completely new reveal uh, at Microsoft's. Um, none of these are exclusive or have time exclusives, but it's just that they were there. And I think that's sort of what Mike was talking about. Is that you know he's excited not because necessarily of what's on the console, but also because of just the, the the movement going forward, the the energy and and the ideas that they're really trying to get the games in the focus. Um, and some one reason that that's so important is because it shows they're actually deigning to pay attention to their fan base. Okay, people have been saying 
we have an issue with there not being enough games on this console. So they said, all right, let's shove a thousand in your yeah. face because yeah. it's what you want and you get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very and, encouraging. And, and Devil May Cry is a, one of my favorite series. I was super happy to see it. It looks great. Um, looks like the classic, you know, series and super happy to see that. Um, but, you know, it could be that, like I said earlier, they only had two really big exclusives. So they had to fill the space with a bunch of other third party and smaller exclusives and other things. Um, but it worked for them. You know, it still ended up being a great conference. Uh, and they actually ended it with Gears of War, um, which, well, they, well, Cyberpunk, but they ended it. Uh, sort of the big last demo was Gears of War. Uh, well, first they had the Funko game, which I is that is that real or was that a joke? It's it's a mobile game, I think. So I think yeah. iOS and Android gets it. So uh, what is that? What were I just? What were they thinking? Uh, Anybody? I don't know, it feels like a it feels like a Fallout Shelter kind of deal where it's like it's just a spinoff game that you could probably like have fun with and just toy around. It's not really a main thing uh, I see to take seriously, there. but you know, that's what I think. I think it's it's probably relatively low effort. Um, if it's a mobile game, they might tie it into that freemium money. Sure. Yep. It was it was just weird to have the Gears of War logo up, and everybody's like, "Oh, cool, new Gears of War," and then it's an actual small morphed toy. Uh, you know, they eventually got to Gears Five, which is the official title. They're naming them like they're naming the Fast and Furious series, which is interesting. <laughs> uh, but Gears Five does look good. It does, you know. It looks like a Gears game. Uh, is it, Mike? Is that is that part of what got you? What confirmed your purchase? Um, actually, actually, I've never really been uh, into the Gear series myself. Uh, I tried uh, on the first two, didn't really have much luck. Um, <laughs> I, I I think uh, kind of to tie in what you were talking about just a minute ago with them showing all the games, even if they weren't exclusives. Yeah, um, feel free to so, cut in and say what you got to say. One of our one of our editors, uh, who is probably our premier Xbox fanboy, Travis Northup, um, he has he's been proselytizing, in uh, in in for 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 Microsoft for some time now, and uh, and basically one of his selling points for the Xbox to me because because I kind of pose the same question to him that I pose to the E three conference every year: Why should I buy an Xbox? And the thing that he's he's been telling me lately is it's going it's the best third party system right now. It's the best third party system. And then he also made another really good point that uh, you know I've just I've kind of warmed to since I now have this order in in the hopper for uh, an Xbox One X. Um, <laughs> And that is, they are also the uh, this generation's backwards compatibility yeah. champions. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, and uh, I'm just like, wow, mm, holy crap! Yeah. I still have all of these original Xbox and Xbox 360 games, and it's going to be kind of fun to kind of pop those in and see which ones work and which ones don't. Yeah, and uh, just the idea that I'll be able to play Crimson Skies: High Road to Revenge again in a few days is, <laughs> is kind of fun. And, um, Indiana so, Jones and the, and the lost city of Atlantis back finally <laughs> in my Xbox again. Right. Or sneaking. <laughs> oh God. Yes. Yeah, sneaking, especially <laughs> oh, that. Jesus. Oh, I, did that one make that the backwards game. compatibility list? I think it did. I don't think so. No. 
Oh, I'm not, not sure. Not. I have to check that out. But <laughs> uh, yeah, no, there's no denying uh, Microsoft has been winning for the last two generations for for backwards compatibility. But it's also kind of hard not to be winning when Sony is just basically ignoring it. Um, right. Which is a shame. Um, real quick, let's talk about Cyberpunk. Uh, all we got was a cinematic trailer, but um, what did you guys think? Is it is that all we needed, or would you have preferred to wait to see actual gameplay? Um, I think for a lot of people, it's one of those where you just trust the developers so much. You know, these are the guys who made The Witcher that you don't really need much. You just see the title, you see a little tease, you're good to go. Um, is that how so, you felt? I I'm I don't I don't know this for certain, but if they have anything even remotely playable at E3 this week, I guarantee you Ron is going to be playing it and he's going to post something about it. <laughs> um, because uh, he's I, we have a pretty good relationship with uh, with those guys, and um, we did a lot of great coverage for the the last two Witcher games from, uh, at minimum. Um, and, uh, and I, I know if we have an appointment with them and where I could probably look at his schedule, um, then, uh, then we'll probably get some, some, uh, we might not get some footage, but we'll probably, we'll at least get a, a kind of a preview article out of it. Well, I know a lot of people would be excited to see that, you know, every, a yeah. lot of people think Witcher three is one of the best games ever made. So yeah, it's exciting to see what they do next. Yeah. Um, I mean, I remember that year that Witcher 3 hit big at E3. That was the last E3 I went to. Um, that was the first time they really hinted at this game. And um, and they didn't give us much, but it was just like, holy crap, this is going to be... I can't wait to see this. Yeah. And that trailer was amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am a huge, huge sucker for uh, cyberpunk style games um everything from and they made one with the genre in the name just for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly yeah um uh like you know i i would have been happy to see square enix come out with another uh deus ex game to be honest um but uh, i think cyberpunk is gonna have is gonna scratch a lot of itches for me when it comes out yeah i think it's gonna scratch about a hundred hours worth of itches for you um (laughs) Uh, so going uh, to the following uh, conference that day, uh, that night, uh, was Bethesda, who had a very different show. Uh, uh, it was a very Ubisoft show. It started with Andrew WK coming out and wearing Andrew WK clothes and, and doing exactly what you'd expect him to do. Uh, and then um, we had an interesting performance, and then we saw Fallout for the first time, Fallout 76. Uh, it's a multiplayer game. It is a straight-up... You're 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 seeing real people on the map. Um, you're having you're going on missions with them. You're fighting them. You're nuking them. Um, I don't know how much of a Fallout fans any of you guys are, uh, but how do you, how do you guys feel um, about? Well, I I was a huge Fallout fan for a very long time, and the aspect of Fallout Four I was least interested in was the aspect they seem to have made an entire game out of for Fallout seventy six. What's that? Which is this idea of base building and spending a lot of time, you know, stopping the game to, I mean, and I'm sure there are a lot of people who love it. I'm just, I'm not attracted to that idea. Um, maybe it's well, going to be Well, luckily for you, other people can just nuke your base and you only have yeah. to think about it. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, to me, I've never really been 
uh, a Fallout fan, um, so I've never really played them. Uh, I tried playing Fallout 3 for a little bit. I accidentally stole a fork in a town, and everybody killed me. Um, but 76 looks interesting. I'm kind of excited. It looks fun to, for to me, it looks fun to run around with people and just mess around in this world with horrifying creatures. Uh, there was a lot of parts of that trailer that looked like a horror game with, like, a, a large bat, and I think there was a sloth in there at one point. Um, but all of these evil-looking animals coming after you. Uh, it looks fun. Uh, and I think the, the idea of nuking, nuke griefing your friends, basically, is, uh, it sounds hilarious to me. But I, I seem to be in the minority. A lot of people seem to really turn off, especially, you know, hardcore Fallout fans. Um, what, uh, Mike or Elisha, do you have any thoughts? Um, I feel like, especially with Fallout 4, they, they did a lot of, they did uh, streamline a lot of features. So I could see that's kind of where Bethesda wants to go to kind of be more accessible to general public, not general public, but, you know, especially with the multiplayer aspects being emphasized here. Yeah. I could see some, some things, especially, I don't know, a lot of the customization features could be a little bit lessened just because it's a multiplayer based game. So I could see a lot of purists being a little bit concerned about it, but coming from someone that you know isn't really invested in the series looking at the trailer seeing you know all these crazy things happening i could really get into it you know with with friends too especially like my friends that are into the fallout series it's like new vegas and it's i don't know it just it just looks like a fun time yeah i agree and i think i think they they obviously knew but todd howard clearly said he was like yeah i know a lot of you aren't gonna like this um give us a chance and he i think that's why they had the Starfield and Elder Scrolls Six teasers in there to make those people happy again at the end, even though we literally saw nothing from both of those games. Um, we saw a title on a on a mountain <laughs> for the Elder Scrolls Six trailer with some with some men yelling, and we saw the Starfield title on some space. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, no, go ahead. Uh, again, I don't want to eat too much eat up too much time with this now because I know we're going to get to it later, but this is exactly what I'm talking about with the issue I have with hype culture where we have 3 seconds of some stars or a town over a village and I'm sure we're going to get endless articles about it and speculations and what it really is is no information at all. There is a game that may exist at some point and its title is Starfield. Right. That's what we know. Yeah, so Although- I'm not, I'm not much of a fallout guy, uh, but I do like post-apocalyptic settings and Pierce, I, I, I got, I have to notice that you, you'd kind of, kind of skipped over the other game. Oh, I, I'm post-apocalyptic back. settings. <laughs> I'm coming back. Uh, well, tell me, well, tell me, tell me, uh, what, what do you want to well, say? Well, I'm curious, I'm curious what everybody thinks of rage too. So um, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's interesting because the first rage, was very forgettable for me it was um but this one is developed mostly by avalanche now with a little help from id uh it looks very colorful like almost too colorful mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm. like overcompensating for how brown the original was um <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah what do you think about rage 2 um so i'm i'm a huge mad max kind of yeah i, I love that series that's, of movies. A, that's a very and, obvious uh, vibe we're getting his, yeah, uh, I mean that's we got, we got that vibe in the first one, and like the first one, like on the surface looked good, and then once you played, just became kind of 
repetitive and and not as fun as it as it promised to be. Right. Um, but you know there was some there was some kernel there that was interesting, and I'm I'm curious to see if they've they've taken that kernel and and run with it, and it looks like they might have. But uh, I'm a little concerned about the over-the-top kind of neon color aspect myself. Yeah, it, it looks like somebody just threw a bunch of pink on the screen uh, at yeah. some points that game. Um, it looks silly, but I think that's sort of the point. I mean, Andrew WK literally introduced the game on the stage, so right. I don't think they're trying to take themselves seriously. Um, yeah. And likewise with Doom Doom, uh, Doom Eternal, which is the you know it was another sort of just a teaser trailer, just a title. Um, we did see some concepts that we can actually, uh, you know, get good info from that, you know, it's on Earth. Uh, there's demons from Doom 2 in there, which I'm really excited about. I'm a huge Doom fan. Love the originals. Really love the reboot slash sequel. So I'm excited for Doom Eternal. I'm, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to know that it's coming. All right, I'm happy like, to know it's coming. I'm just I don't, I don't disappointed there wasn't any gameplay. Um, right, there wasn't any gameplay. There wasn't really much info. <laughs> Just yeah. knowing that it's on the way is 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 a good thing as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Sure. They they delivered last time far beyond my expectations, and I'm sure if, if it's as good this time, I'll be totally happy with it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have full faith in id, id, the id team. Um, I think they know exactly what we want now. And, yeah, I'm, all, I'm completely on board with whatever it has. Honestly, I don't really need to see much, you know? <laughs> like, I, yeah. I know I'm going to love it, so. Yeah. Um, and so now I want to talk about Square Enix. Uh, this should be a short conversation. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, th- this was their first conference in a few years, I think. Um, their first official E3, like, show uh, in a few years. And, yeah, why were they there? Um, they had almost nothing. They had, the I think the biggest thing was the Kingdom Hearts trailer, which was basically just a slightly re-edited <laughs> version of the one shown at Microsoft's. And they also had... Dragon Quest, which looked good, but um, you know that wasn't a reveal or anything. Uh, it was just sort of a bunch of small trailers of yeah. almost nothing games. There was like crossover announcements and mobile games, and I don't know. It just it seemed like a bunch of hot air. Um, their Square Enix's biggest announcements were the two Kingdom Hearts trailers at Microsoft and Sony, respectively. So why did they need to have their own conference? I don't know actually because. It feels like, yeah, like what you said, um, you could you could have just put those trailers in other things. Which they did. You could have had, yeah, they did. So that, that was good. But, like, they didn't have enough information to actually kind of differentiate, differentiate themselves from. I guess they wanted to say, hey, Kingdom Hearts 3 is here. That was kind of what Square Enix's, you know, MO is here for, for E3. Just yeah. saying, Kingdom Hearts 3 is here. All you fans should be okay. Uh, that's basically it maybe shadow the tomb raider if you breathe (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry i'll I'll, I'll tell you why they did it because because first of all yes i agree we got a hot scoop in here no i'll I'll tell you why 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 they did it why they they had their own conference i i mean yes i i absolutely agree all of their best stuff was shown better in other press events Mm -hmm. absolutely um the thing is, is that the that Square Enix conference that was not really for American audiences. That was for Japanese audiences, because Square because they are such a a, a much bigger presence, like 
you, Japanese audiences aren't going to be looking at Microsoft the same way. They're, they'll be looking at Sony. They'll be looking at, at some of the other ones, but 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 you know uh, they are a, a, a monolithic presence. Yeah. In Asia, like they had to make their own showing for the, those people, and I mean you could tell just by the way it was produced, it was produced for a Japanese audience. Yeah, that's fair, and I think uh, going off that. Both the East and the West were looking for one game in particular at this conference, uh, and it was a complete no-show, not only there, but at all of E3, and that's Final Fantasy VII. Um, what is, what's, gonna, what's going on with this game? Is it ever going to happen? Moreover, what's going on with Final Fantasy in general? They seem to not know what they should do with that franchise, and that seems to have been the case for quite a while. Well, yeah. 15 came out, and people like it. I liked it. Uh, you know, it, it took uh, about 14 years to make, but it happened. Um, but, yeah, as far as 7 is going, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. what. I, I know there's been a lot of development problems. I think they started it, they've restarted it like three times. But what I'm saying is they shouldn't have had a conference necessarily unless they were going to have FF7 there because um, that's the one everybody was looking for. Uh, so they kind of set themselves up for failure uh, a little bit because both, but all the whole world was looking for that and it wasn't there. Um, and same with the Avengers game, uh, which was it's developed over at... Oh, that's right. Yeah, people yeah. forget that's a Square Enix game. Uh, not there at all. Not even sort of mentioned. So... Who knows? Not and it wasn't mentioned anywhere. What no. the hell? Uh, so yeah, Square not great. Uh, I think it's a little better than EA only because it was at least focused and it was short. You know, it was it was still just games. Um, but that's just me. Um, I want to go ahead and go I, straight I over to Ubisoft, which uh, a lot of mixed feelings on that one. Um, it was pretty much your typical Ubisoft show, right? Like it started with a uh, Just Dance. Uh, completely crazy, over-the-top uh, performance with Quite large... Like a game. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then they went into Beyond Good and Evil, which looks great. Um, it was a really great trailer. Uh, they had Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I know a lot of people are excited about. Um, and they had a they had a Pirates game, uh, Skull and Bones, right? Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are excited about that. So what about what do we got you guys? What what anything in Ubisoft kind of pique your interest? So I, I kind of put Ubisoft in second place um, right after Microsoft. I thought they had a, an incredible showing. Um, I mean, their their weak part, their weak moments are kind of. I just chalk it up to like those were games I game types I'm not interested in, like Just Dance. Right. And that that whole intro was just so European. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's sort of Ubisoft's stick. I mean, exactly, uh, exactly. It was per- it was perfect um, yeah. in in that way. I mean, if you know Ubisoft, then then you know you're going to get at least one moment. They like have a that. very certain European charm to them. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, but begun, the, the guy, begun, the, the, the the CEO's name is Yves Guimont. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're they're based out of France, right? So it's it's definitely uh, uh, they're. They're the kind of preeminent European uh, game publisher. Mm-hmm. So, um, Beyond Good and Evil Two looked utterly amazing, but I am kind of confused about one thing: in that it's always been represented as a prequel, 
yet the big reveal at the end of the trailer kind of indicates that it's a sequel. So I'm not really familiar with Beyond Good and Evil. Was there somebody uh, alive that shouldn't be, or or what's going on? Uh, well, the big reveal, the female character who was the the bad guy at the end of the trailer, uh, Jade, she was the main character of the first game. And if, from what I recall, it's been a long time since I played the first one, but from what I recall, Jade met all of the other characters that are still the carryovers um, from the other game uh, in that game. So that sounds like fact, some Kingdom Hearts shit right there. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> um, but I mean, other than that, other than that, the art direction of, the, of that trailer and everything that we saw is just phenomenal. Yeah, I could see all the beard hairs on that, on that pig man, so. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it's not just that, just like the, the ship design. Yeah. Environments, everything, just like that looks like kind of that. That looks very much like a real world, a, a fully realized world, and 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 uh, it it looks like one that I'm really interested in exploring and 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 looking into. Um, and you know the the first one was very uh, unusual and uh, kind of eccentric, and it looks like this one really. Double, I would say, even triples down on that that whole thing. Yeah, um, definitely but, unusual. Uh, super excited about that one. Um, Elisha, did you have any uh, special highlights or? Um, I actually thought? really like. Um, it's kind of like cool how uh, Ubisoft and Nintendo are kind of like playing together at this point because you know I we saw the trailer for the Mario and Rabbids DK DLC. Which is actually kind of I actually like really enjoyed that too. Yeah. But you also got Starlink, which had Star Fox in the Switch version. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of really cool to see kind of how this third party is trying to support you know Nintendo. And I know again this whole Nintendo fanboy bit thing. Hey, it's okay. But at the but at the same time, like I understand that you know companies want to work together for money, but they also want to work together you know because because people that play games want to so i actually really enjoyed those two announcements um it just stands for me is just kind of those annual it's like basically my call of duty where <laughs> i i get excited for it every year even oh, though hey, i know it's i'm undefeated just dance myself so i uh <laughs> you know I, I don't get excited when i see a new announcement but you know if a friend has it i'll whoop their ass or something show how it's done <laughs> i think, <laughs> right. I think it's really I'll... funny that that game was announced uh for the original wii that the original wii is was on the screen uh, that game is going to be on the Wii. It's in in 2018. A Wii game was announced, so that was pretty interesting. Oh yeah, no, kidding! Reports. Holy cow! Yeah, <laughs> Wii Wii U. I remember reports. And though, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. After you. So I remember reports. So like, um, I think on Nintendo Life or something where they reported that the European numbers for the Wii outsold like all the Nintendo console numbers so for 20, I think 2018 or 2017 for Just Dance. I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> How is this a thing? But yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, but yeah, Ubisoft was, uh, I think it was probably one of their better conferences ever. Um, uh, for me personally, no game stood out. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not excited about Assassin's Creed or the Pirates game, but, um, I'm happy for the people who are excited about them because they do look good. Uh, now I want to talk about Sony, if you'll allow me, uh, which was a very different conference this year, um, for better or for worse. Uh, they started off in a tent. Um, which was confusing at first, but then you see the Last of Us reveal, 
trailer, and they're in the same room that the trailer takes place in, which was kind of cool for the people there. Um, then we saw that incredible Last of Us gameplay, which looked pretty much exactly like I thought it would. Um, you know, just more of the same but better, uh, and exactly, you know, Naughty Dog can just do anything at this point. Uh, and then they did something weird, and they took an intermission and they had uh like a two guys like f- four guys talking about games on a in a, a on a table and while they move the audience to the actual presser um that was weird and that took like 10 minutes and it was really awkward they had like a call of duty trailer that nobody cared about uh and then then the show started and for me once the show started with uh ghost of tsushima really with the flute man uh, doing his <laughs> hardcore performance in front of Ghost of Tsushima. Started with that, and then once it got going, for me, it ended up being the best conference. Uh, they had some crazy reveals. Um, every single exclusive they showed looked incredible. Um, for me, every exclusive they showed looked better than anything Microsoft or Ubisoft or any of them showed. Um, and then it, it sort of ended quietly. Like, they had the Spider-Man trailer, and then it was over. Um, but I think everything in the middle was pretty much exactly what I want from an E3 conference. Um, but what do you guys think? Uh, Sony's conference. So I, I actually talked to our lead editor, uh, Amy K. Purcell, who uh, was there with Ron, uh, our uh, editor-in-chief, and um, and yeah, it, it was kind of weird for them too because they got ushered into this kind of this church setting, um, and then the Last of Us, uh, the, the the guy with the banjo, and then the Last of Us uh, trailer playing, uh, and then uh, and then she said that they were like they were just just uh, over the speakers, move on, move on, move on, like over and over again, and then like. <laughs> they were ushered out and into the other area. Um, I, I kind of understand what they were going for. I feel it was overwrought. Uh, I feel like, um, they, they kind of sacrificed some substance for some style. And I don't think it quite turned out the way that it could have. That whole intermission really killed the momentum. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, uh, even with all of that, and even with the fact that they didn't show a whole lot, I still put them pretty high up. I, I would put them probably square middle in in terms of overall quality and like what they showed because what they made up and what they what they lacked in quantity, they made up for in quality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because the the Last of Us two trailer and the Ghost of Tsushima trailer and the Spider Man demo, Death those Stranding. were all amazing. Yeah, uh, Death Stranding, <laughs> I uh, just was as unscrutable as you would expect it to be. <laughs> well, so um, uh, I want to talk about um, Ghost of Tsushima first because Last of Us, we knew it was, we knew what it was going to look like. It looks like that. Great. It's going to be. Awesome! I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna love it. Ghost. I was, I was, I real quick. I was okay. actually surprised at just how utterly fluid the action was. You know, and it, I can't be surprised anymore because uh, you know I might be a little biased, but for me, Naughty Dog is just 
the best. I mean, they're oh, just the absolutely. best. Absolutely. And so they they can't really surprise me anymore. Like they're the, somebody needs to do an actual investigation on those those non-human people working there and and find out how they're doing this if they're from the future or from space or something. Um it's crazy. But uh Ghost I just, I feel like that closed yeah. the gap like more significantly than it has in the last couple of games they've done though. Just it looks so fluid. Yeah. It it looked like one long cutscene, but that was real gameplay. Like there was a hug. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Ghost was that was completely new. We had no idea how that game was going to play, how it looked. Here it was, and damn, yeah, damn. Uh, Elisha or John, do you guys have any strong feelings about Ghost? Um, what do you think? Don't all speak at once. I, <laughs> yeah, I no, sorry, no, John. I'll defer to you, John. For sure. Time. So I'm, I'm actually somebody. I'm a little less. Um, I've been, I've been a little less excited with Naughty Dog for a while, um, and and I've also been sort of burnt out of open world for a while. But That's fair. looking at looking at what they revealed, I mean, it's just stunning. For ghosts, and yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I would love to see where they take it. I mean, the fact that what we saw as, you know, I don't think this is one of those situations where it will turn out to be a bait and switch and this is actually fake. The game doesn't look that good. Um, I'm very excited to see more of what the the soul of this game actually is and mm-hmm. the attention that it has. I mean, the detail that they have in the graphics allow them to show the culture with a lot more vibrance. And you look at the clothes that they're wearing and the way that the environment looks, it seems like they really put a lot of care into the game. Yeah. So so just to clarify, Sucker Punch is doing Ghost of Tsushima. Right. So this is by Sucker Punch, the guys who yeah. made uh, Infamous. Infamous. And it's yeah. funny because this couldn't be any more different than Infamous. Uh, yeah. I love Infamous, but this is just the exact opposite, um, and I'm yeah. totally okay with that. Uh, oh, yeah. They've earned the right to just do whatever they want, and clearly everybody there was on board for this because, as uh, as John mentioned, it's got it's obviously obvious that they did you know their research. Um, they really put a lot of effort into making it look as authentic as possible, but also by like making it look sort of art like a painting. Um, you know, when he was riding that horse through that that wheat field. Uh, it looked like a, a, I don't. It looked like a moving painting. Um, it's it's the in, duel at the end. The duel in front of the sunset oh with the flaming God. arrows. It's, it's the, crazy. The leaves. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. We see so many games where they have the most powerful graphical capabilities in the world. I mean, some of the things we see on Xbox are just unbelievable. And so, what do they do? A brown bombed out city. <laughs> this is yeah. the complete opposite. Yeah. No, it, it reminds me a lot of the reveal of uh, God of War uh, back in 2016. Yeah. You know, it was uh, very colorful, very different, and it even sort of looks like it plays similarly with the behind the with the third person um, camera. And uh, we know how that game turned out, uh, so I'm excited for it. Um, I, I'm I trust Sucker Punch, and that was probably the best demo at Sony's for me. Moving on, they yeah. went on to sort of a mid-time thing where they had a bunch of small or well big announcements. Um, they started with, uh, well, for me, the biggest one was Resident Evil 2. Um, you know, I've been waiting for it. Uh, we knew it was coming. Uh, it, it started, the trailer started weird. You, you're, from a, you're like a rat or something. And then I could kind of recognize the RE engine, which is an amazing engine. And then 
I don't know if anybody, any of you noticed, but there's like a PS1 on the table. I saw that PS1 in this trailer, <laughs> and I went, oh, this is it, this is it. And yeah, Resident Evil 2 looks incredible. Uh, it looks horrifying. It looks dark. It looks like a complete remake because you can't really tell it's Resident Evil 2. Uh, it, it doesn't, like, there aren't any recognizable scenes from the original game. It, it looks real different um, and real spooky. I'm excited about it. Um, I don't know if any of you care about Resident Evil as much as me. Uh, I'm a well, big I'm, fan. I'm just excited just to see how, like, the Resident Evil series has evolved. Because, I mean, we had, like, Revelations come out on the Switch recently. We had um, 7 come out last year. Yeah. And it was just, that was, ooh, that was creepy. No, 7 <laughs> blew also, me away. You know, right. And then we also got, like, the franchise movies, which, you know, they're video game movies or whatever. But, you know, those, those just to see how that came from PS1 days where, mm-hmm. you know, tank controls and terrible voice acting, now we can see where it's really evolved, these decades, I we guess. We talked about the evolution. You know, it started with static cameras. Then it went with Resident Evil 4 to the over-shoulder. Then with 7 to first person. And this one is going back to the RE4 over-the-shoulder style. Um, but it is focusing on horror, at least from what I can tell. It looks like a pretty scary game. Um, and I think that's kind of a perfect... Uh, direction for the game um you know it's uh if you were in first person you wouldn't be able to appreciate leon's hair so that would just be a waste (laughs) yeah Um, i'm trying to remember like i i played a little bit of the original resident evil 2 and my it did not play like that (laughs) no no it didn't it looks very not even remote i remember a typewriter and i saw a typewriter in the trailer and and that's about it um well there was it was very kind of just move there wasn't really much it wasn't really action oriented it was just kind of i guess more of a turn-based thing right uh no it was uh it was uh you know uh it wasn't turn-based or it was like a horror game you know it was static cameras uh, that's what it was, it was. Like an static game. cameras um, yeah but uh yeah this one looks great i couldn't be more excited um what i'm not excited about is the release date and i'll explain why because the next thing we saw was that Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer, which was actually completely different from the other ones we saw. It revealed the Pirates of the Caribbean world, which I am absolutely, absolutely ecstatic about. Um, I love both Pirates of the Caribbean and Kingdom Hearts, so very excited about that. And the Kingdom Hearts, we didn't mention earlier, got a release date of January 29th, 2019. Resident Evil 2 got a release date of January 25th, 2019. Mm. the two and I, I don't know if that if those that fan base crosses over much but i'm one of the ones <laughs> where it does and i don't know what i'm gonna do that week I, I might have to like fake my death and just quit all my jobs and go under why a not both why yeah. not, why I don't not die. i'm i'm in the same boat i was planning on taking a couple of days off when and then and then i learned they're both coming out um I've got some planning to do. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard for fans of both like us. Um, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts looks great. Resident Evil looks really great. Uh, and I think those were some big big gets. Again, neither of these are exclusives in any way um, for Sony. But just, just that was that was like a traditional Sony conference moment was that reveal Resident Evil, reveal big Kingdom Hearts thing. That was big for them, um, and it felt classic. And this is when I saw, like halfway through the conference when I was like, okay, this feels like a Sony conference. And then after that, they went on to Death Stranding, which looks batshit insane, um, but in all the best ways. Uh, I love Hideo Kojima, I love Metal Gear, and I love, I love how it looks like he's just allowed to do whatever he wants, 
because this game looks absolutely nuts. Um, Mike, did you? I know you had some thoughts on Death Stranding. So, so yeah, um, I'm not a fan of Hideo Kojima. Okay. Um, I'm my I I'm I got really tired of just sitting and watching his games instead of playing them. Um, that well, it was, looks like you're not going to like this game. Well, uh, well, that's the thing. That's one of the things that I was trying to figure out. All that running and climbing that they spent an awful lot of time in that trailer on. Do you watch that, or is that actually playing? So that was that's, gameplay, and it looks. It's funny. We still don't really know what kind of game it is, but we do know you'll be playing as Norman Reedus. He's some sort of uh, time traveling delivery guy or something he's like delivering pizzas and, and bodies and babies yeah babies and, and mummies and he's like all this stuff uh and then he's sometimes hiding using a baby to hide from ghosts on umbilical cords in the night uh you know these are this only only a Hideo Kojima game can really make you even say that sentence that kind of sentence so, yeah we, uh, we do see a little I, stealth in there though I was being I was being a little sarcastic about the 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 running, whether that's gameplay or or cinematic. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, well, that's that's Although, it looks that good. It's hard to tell sometimes. Although there is a concern, um, sometimes you'll have games include cinematic running and climbing and things where it's not really gameplay. Yeah, You're just pressing X at certain moments. It, it, to me, yeah. it looked a lot like uh, Breath of the Wild. You know, where you could just kind of climb mountains, like climb anything. Uh, you know, we, it's already been confirmed that this is an open world game of sorts. So uh, it looks like you're going to be hauling a bunch of shit around as Norman Reedus um, up mountains and, and through rivers uh, and occasionally pulling off parts of your toes. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm I. I don't know. I mean, I. I love David Lynch, but there's part of me that hates David Lynch in that he likes to make things very inscrutable. And I'm getting a similar like vibe off yeah. of this. And, um, you know, I, I usually like that sort of thing, but I've just been burned so many times by <laughs> his games at this point that I, I'm just like, someone's really going to have to sell it to me before I, I consider it. And even then, like I even I, I tried Metal Gear Four. I wanted to like it. I didn't like it. I, I, well, I'm to me, just, it looks like this isn't going to fix. This isn't going to fix that for you. Know, it, it's oh, like if you liked so. Hideo Kojima games before, you'll like this one. If you didn't, yeah. you're not going to like this one. Personally, I love the Metal Gear series. I love how stupid and crazy they are. Um, and yeah, this game looks awesome to me. Uh, but if somebody, if you if you were turned off by all of his crazy antics in the Metal Gear series, you're not going to like Death Stranding. That's the impression I get, at least. I, I guess let me let me put it let me let me try to, to 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 sum it up. I love weird, quirky, eccentric, bizarre, mindfuck storylines. Yeah. They're like some of my favorite. But I have to be able to follow them. I have to be able to like get into it enough um and and be engaged enough to actually want to figure it out and i feel like kojima's games don't take you that extra step a lot of the time and i don't know if if it's because i'm i don't feel engaged enough to take that extra step or i get bored with just sitting around and waiting to play um but uh 
you know, it, that's just that's just how they've always been for me. Yeah. The only this is not a defense. This is a hope. Um, the <laughs> thing about his Metal Gear games is after the first game, the secret storyline to every Metal Gear game is that he didn't want to make those games anymore. So the I mean, I agree. Death Stranding looks obtuse and complicated, probably in the wrong ways. If there's any reason to hope, it's because it's something he wants to create instead of something that Konami is making him do. But I, we just don't know anything right yeah. now. I get that. I get that impression that this is just Sony's. Like, you know what? Fuck it. You can do whatever you want. And he said, "Okay." And he made a pregnant Roman Reedus climb a mountain with a body on his back. And uh, <laughs> I'm wondering if Sony's regretting their decision now. But I think it looks great. I'm super excited for it. Um, We'll see. We'll have to see. Like you said, we don't know anything. Um, yeah. So who knows how it's going to turn out. But uh, moving on, they had Spider-Man, which we do know a lot about. We know that it's going to be awesome and that uh, it uh, is going to be – it's coming out soon. It's coming out in September. Um, so at this point, it's sort of just like, yeah, I already know this game's going to be good. Um, it really doesn't matter what you show me. I'm excited for it. Uh, and, you know, they revealed a bunch of villains in it. Um which was exciting for Spider-Man fans like me. Um, but this is just one of those games where it's just like, I need it. You know, I need it in my hands. And it's, this is such a big, big deal for Sony to have it. Um, well, I think this is the first real big, solid gameplay reveal, right? I uh, mean, we didn't really get much. We got like a little snippet of it last year, but it was still mostly just kind of a tease. We got uh, we got what we got last year. There was a lot of coverage um this summer or this this uh, spring mm-hmm. um but yeah right. this was definitely the biggest chunk i mean the games came out in september so uh you know it's basically almost done so they had a lot to show um yeah what's interesting is that the thing i'm most excited about is just free roam swinging through new york you know, and, it, and that looks like it's in there in spades yeah and that actually wasn't at all at the show but we did see some of it after the show um and yeah i uh, it looks great i mean i don't know how any of you how much any of you care about spider-man um do any of you are you any of you even somewhat as excited as, as i am spider-man I'm like super excited so you are yeah i am yeah. way i'm way excited go Good. go ahead elisha i'm oh, sorry no because i just like been collecting marvel comics like for a few years now so i've been i've just been reading like comic storylines and seeing that kind of translate to what's going on now with the ps4 set spider-man i'm just like i just want to play it already yeah um and I was playing, uh, again, I was playing Attack on Titan 2, which is, it kind of has like that web-slinging sort of mechanic with the uh, ODM gear, where, you know, you can do that. And I was just like, if if an anime game can, like, do something half as good as what Spider-Man's going to be, like, I'm just, I can't wait for a Spider-Man, because I know this is going to do way better yeah. <laughs> than anything you've experienced, like, concerning the movement mechanics and all, you know, all the gameplay stuff, it just looks very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think, you know, like we all think it looks good. We're all going to play it. We're all going to love it. Um, but one thing I do think is that it shouldn't have been the last thing they showed because we already know about it. It's coming out soon. I think yeah. it would have made sense to put Ghost of Tsushima at the end because um, that was the big, like, holy shit reveal um, and, put, and, you know, just switch that with Spider-Man only because they kind of put their two biggest, best demos at the very beginning uh, and then Spider-Man was great, but like we already know about that. Um, I think that right. made the show yeah, the best. Yeah, but well, let me tell you why they did that. 
more insight. <laughs> yeah. So I have a theory also. So, so you you got to understand that these these press events. This isn't actually E three. E three started today. E three started the the show. Everything. Uh, everybody going into the convention center and trying out these demos. That started today. They showed Spider Man two last because that is their big game. That is has the most playable. Uh, the only uh, playable game they have from the- well, yeah, the, the, it's the huge playable demo that they that they have um, on the floor, right. and we're going to get uh, a preview of that demo for sure on the site within the next couple of days. That's I very assure exciting. you, um, it's going to be firsthand. It's going to be hands on. Um, hopefully, we'll get video capture as well. Um, I can't imagine we won't. Find uh, that on GamingTrend.com. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's like they they usually they usually end these press they usually end these events with, and you will find this on the floor on the E three show floor, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's what this was about. Um, it's easy to look at these press events and kind of look at them in isolation, but really they are just kind of like this is what we're showing this year. Yeah, in the in the coming days, and that's what the, that's what this was about. That makes sense. Um, and also adding to that too, um, I think Spider Man is kind of like in the collective conscious of people because you know superheroes are kind of a big thing right now. <laughs> you have people just came back from like Infinity War, and you know they're just like, oh, I want to, I actually want to play the Spider Man game. I kind of want to experience what this is. Yeah, and you know, especially like my friends that don't play games as much, we'll see the Spider Man trailer and say, this is a cool looking game. Uh, they might not be interested in games in general, but because they know the source material, because they know what's happening, they'll be like, they're, it's going to drum up interest. And I think that's kind of where Sony was going with this. Kind of like we want to leave an impression, not just with, with gamers, not just with people at E3, but the people who are on Facebook sharing you know, clips, sharing different things and right. saying, hey, Sony has this recognizable thing that I don't know any other games in this conference, but... You know, I know, I know Spider-Man. I know. Then you look at like Resident Evil. You look at The Last of Us too. Then they get more interested. So yeah. I think it's kind of they're trying to get into the public consciousness, and then it'll lead into more things. I think that's why they kind of uh, put it at the end. Yeah, and it makes sense. And that's the one that has the release date, and it's in like three months. And that's the one yep. that they end, and they're like, "Hey, by the way, you can play this soon, real soon," which is yep. crazy. Um, yeah, so Sony overall started off weird, you know, with some weird flute performances that I kind of loved a little bit anyways. Uh, got real good in the middle for me, uh, and then ended strong with Spider-Man. Um, and today we got Nintendo, which was, Yay. you know, a, 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 a pretty a typical for Nintendo uh, at this point uh, sort of show. Um, uh, Elisha, how about, I'll just let you talk about Nintendo. Um so. <laughs> Okay, so I was really conflicted because, you know, I was talking with Mike on, in Slack today, and I was just like, I really think Nintendo had the best show. And, you know, that's me being biased. So I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll give it to someone else. But um, I really enjoyed the fact how they kind of capitalized on two two things, actually. They did Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee because they just announced that. Right. And, again, it's, it's one of those things where everyone, even if they haven't played video games they know who pikachu is they kind of know who Eevee is but they also they know about pokemon go 
Right. They put up Pokemon Go. So they're just like, it's going back, again, it's going back to the public consciousness sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So the way that it, they opened it with it, it was just like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, or, wait, I'm, I'm trying to think if I missed that up, where it was like, did Pokemon then Xenoblade? But I think that they did also really good things to revisit back their, uh, with their games, because they did Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They had like the DLC expansion pass. I know a lot of people um, were really into that game. I we're, I forget, it's either you or John that, or maybe it was Nathan. One of our editors was like super into the into Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Yeah, a lot of people really are. Right. Um, and, you know, they, they also announced new things like Fire Emblem, Three Houses, which I know one of our editors is really into. And then they had <laughs> so this, that, that was yeah, and you're kind of missing. They had like this little indie darling, uh, this little small game called uh, Smash Bros or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that it? Yeah, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, yeah, that's everybody's freaking out. Um, how do you feel? <laughs> Are you okay? Um, do you need to talk? I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was just kind of like, uh, not hyperventilating. I was just kind of like in my seat. It's I, just, okay I don't want to get up. I, get up. I'm going to fall down. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> uh, no, but, it's um, crazy. I mean, a Smash game, you know, it seems like the one that fans have always wanted. It has every character from a Smash game in it, um, bringing back even like snake uh it looks and it's on switch you know i i feel i get the impression that when whenever a switch game was announced at e3 people were super excited just because like, yes we have something new to play on our cool little handheld but for smash bros it was like yes this is why we have this handheld um right and uh am i wrong <clears throat> no, no so i'm i'm gonna be a naysayer okay <laughs> we need everybody uh, needs one so so, all right. I'm first. First, I'm going to to talk some shit, and <laughs> and and then I'm going to pull it back a bit because I I don't necessarily think Nintendo did bad, but I don't think they did good either. Yeah. And interest interestingly enough, that is almost always my impression of their E3 press event every year. Mm-hmm. So. It, you're right. They it is a typical Nintendo press event yeah. in, in many ways. Um, I think uh, I, I like Smash Bros. is great. It's I love that game. Um, my my kids love that game. Uh, we've been playing it. I, I think the announcements they had, all the characters, everything. But I mean, let's really be honest here. This is a a re release of the Wii U game, right? I mean, it's like four point five, kind of. Uh, I would, I would right, right, right. But game of the year edition. But that's right. It, it ultimately a, a lot of their their play over the last ever since ever since the the switch started kind of picking up steam at the, towards the end of the first year has been to re-release all these really decent games that came out for the Wii U that got everybody missed out on because everybody thought the Wii U sucked. <laughs> um, and I understand that they it, like they're making up. They're they're making up on those investments, but ultimately they spent the majority of their conference on a re-release, and that's I think the thing that that was kind of disappointing t- for me about it. And then the fact that they like teased us so horribly last year with just a generic title, Metroid Prime title, and they put. Ridley in the new Smash Bros and didn't follow that with at least 
a bonkers, amazing Metroid Prime trailer yeah. or something. Just, it, I feel like that was a missed opportunity. And, like, the one thing I really wanted to see at this was Metroid Prime. Uh, I think what what they really leaned on this this year was just how excited everybody would be for Smash. And right, imagine that conference without Smash. Well, it would have been I, pretty I, bad. It I agree, though. That would have worked better if the Smash that they were advertising seemed newer. And, I mean, it's great yeah. what they're doing, It's and it's going to sell extremely yeah. well, but there's <laughs> just not enough there. Well, um, it seemed like uh, the response was was pretty positive. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Smash person. I'm not even a Nintendo person that much, um, but I'm excited for people who are excited. Um yeah, I'd also imagine too, because like uh, this whole week or this week, they're gonna have like the that's gonna be a playable demo. I'm, I'm guessing yeah. right today. Yeah. So yeah. I oh yeah. That. I heard they had so you actually had the schedule, like slots to actually play the game. So yeah, just, you like, actually need oh. a, a Nintendo friend code to be able to play the demo at uh, at E3. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but so so Nintendo, yeah, it was okay. Uh, if it didn't have Smash, would have been pretty much a complete letdown. Um, now that that said, I wouldn't put it past Nintendo for them to sneak in some wacky announcement at a weird time, either today or tomorrow or the next day, because that's what they've been doing. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's like, like they just forget. Oh yeah. Also, we have this Metroid Prime trailer. Yeah, right. So I'd imagine that like after the conference, like hey, next week, it's like hey, we forgot about this trailer. Right. Right. Like, oh, they always do something that is just like so. What the fuck? Yeah, and I don't know. and I guess I guess that's, <laughs> interestingly enough, like Smash Bros was the most predictable thing they could have done, which yeah. I think was also kind of disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, that that kind of sort of leads us perfectly into the last thing we want to talk about. We don't have a lot of time, but I, I you know, I want to talk about what John mentioned earlier is that uh, you know, the hype culture. Uh, is E3 really important or worth it anymore? You know, uh, Mike just said we were already we knew Smash was going to be there, so it sort of let him down a little bit. Like E3 seems to be there for big announcements and big reveals and big excitement, but is that important anymore? Um, is it sort of hurting the gaming industry by think by revealing things like Elder Scrolls too early, um, uh, Doom too early, or? Is it worth the hype? Is it worth... Um, I'll let John start because he obviously has something to say about it. Sure. Uh, well, first, I th- to me, I think that more harm, at least recently, has been done than good. I mean, we look at No Man's Sky. That game was revealed via this giant E3 trailer that created um, a roller coaster of expectations. And the actual state of the game now is debatable, but there's as well as their role in um, helping the hype grow. But, you know, a lot of harm has been done by just how much stock people put in what is often no information at all. And I'm somebody who hates more than other people how excited people get over no information. Like, there's a new movie poster, or we saw a full six seconds of a hill for Skyrim. Um, And I guess... What that leaves E3 as being is a moment for everybody to reconnect with the audience and say, hey, here's what we're doing. Here's where we're going. Um, 
But I don't know why we need one event for that at this point, especially with how connected we are with everything and how well we're able to communicate with new technologies. Uh, I, I, I see. Yeah, I, I know that games being announced too early can be frustrating, you know, for like when Kingdom Hearts 3 was announced five years ago. I was so excited. Uh, and then it immediately plummeted because I was like, oh, this game isn't coming out for so long. And we didn't see anything for like a couple of years. Um, same with like Final Fantasy 7. Uh, but I think E3 and a lot of developers are learning. Like Bethesda, you know, announced Fallout 76 with uh, November release date. Um, but then they also had Elder Scrolls and Starfield, which has not even a, an idea of a release date. Um, but like Resident Evil 2 comes out in January. They announced that today. So some are doing it. Some are doing it, and they're announcing it, and it's coming out within a year, and that's great. Um, but I think what makes E3 special and important is just that it's like Christmas. It's so it's exciting. I think um, yeah, a lot of that excitement can be exaggerated, but I think that's kind of the point. Uh, I think it's that's the fun in it. You know, like sure. we go into Bethesda, we're like, yes, we're going to see some Elder Scrolls, and they do, and they they get excited and they scream. And it doesn't matter that they didn't actually see anything, just to know that it's happening. You know, like I saw that Doom Eternal trailer. And I was like, yes, just to know it's happening is all I need. Um, uh, Mike or Alesha, do you have any any thoughts? Oh, yeah, I've got some thoughts. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, I would say a lot of what John said is very much, I agree with it, but honestly primarily only around the press conferences leading up to e3 which is what we're discussing right now that's definitely true yeah uh i think i think you know they're overblown hype machines and that's what they're designed to be and that's you know i mean why are we expecting them to be anything other than that um i think uh um the real wonder and magic of e3 uh, is is going to unfold in the next you know few days and Making even three few so weeks. Whimsical. Well, no, it really it really is because yeah. there there are a lot of games that didn't show that only got like a split second on a montage sequence in you know Microsoft or Sony's press conference. Um, or a lot of like uh, other other games from smaller publishers that 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 don't have press conferences, or a lot of indie games that are you know are 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 shown off and demoed uh, at E3, and not to mention a lot of gear and a lot of other stuff um, that doesn't really get talked about at any of the press events. Yeah, um, that that are going to be showing up um, on our site over the the coming weeks i mean we're going our our away team has booked appointments every day uh solid for the next uh for for the duration of the conference and that's incredibly exciting yeah and um not only uh not only is it good for not only does is the coverage that comes out of that good for like our readers and and the people that come to gaming train, but I think it's good for us as enthusiasts too, uh, because this is where we really start to see like some of those new things that are are become big, like you know a little further down the road. Um, this is this is where you first start to hear about some of these these you know new developers and uh and new games and in new gear and all of this um 
and and yeah, it's it's when you look at it, and it's it's primarily about the games and like playing the games and getting hands-on time with those games and getting to talk to the developers and getting interviews and that sort of thing. Uh, I, I feel like that's that's the heart of E3, and that's uh, I, I've been to a lot of other shows, and there's nothing else like e3 yeah like there are a few other like packs and like some of these other shows have have similar things but it's not like it, it it's it, a super bowl it's gaming yeah 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 i mean it's the whole world of gaming comes together i mean there are whole like swaths of booths um in at e3 that are like all of these like funky little um uh, Asian developers that we would have never seen or mm-hmm. heard of their games if they if they didn't show up to this this conference. Yeah. Or uh, one of the things that I actually really miss about E3 that they haven't had in years they used to have they used to put this like all of the weird stuff in Kinsha Hall, um, which was you had to go down the stairs, and like you know you would see like the weird uh, tactile controllers or like you know, stuff that wouldn't ever see the light of day if, uh, if, if you didn't go down there and check it out. (laughs) Um, but you don't get as much of that as you did before, but I mean, ultimately E3 is kind of a double edged sword. Uh, you know, it's a place to get exposure. It's a place for indie developers to like meet up and, and potentially get publishers. It's, it's a place um, to find out more about the industry and, and what goes on. But, you know, sometimes things go wrong, like in the case of No Man's Sky. You know, they uh, that game probably would have benefited more if it had been allowed to kind of cook a little without that scrutiny. Um, uh, but, you know, it's... it's it's think, E3. I, I mean, you got yeah, you got to take it or leave it. You got to love it how it is. It's E3. And and it and this question comes up every year. Yeah. Um, uh for me personally, uh you know, I see the point. I see both sides of the argument, but you know, you said it. It's it's everybody comes together. It's it's the most important time for games and I don't ever want it to go away. It's exciting. I'm pretty sure it's yeah. co- it, what does it stand for? Extremely exciting expo. Uh, so <laughs> it's um I know that's not real, but no, it's I'm I love it. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and start wrapping us up. We're running short on time. I mean, for um, me personally, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's well, yeah, it's exhausting. Fun. It's exhausting for us, but it's also <laughs> exciting. Uh, extremely exhausting, uh, exhausting, exciting expo. How about that? Um, <laughs> so you've heard all of our thoughts on the conferences. Um, but like Mike said, E3 is only just getting started. And GamingTrend.com is the best place to go for all hands-on impressions, previews, and stories about all these games. Things like Spider-Man, things like Smash Bros., maybe things like Resident Evil. I know that's going to be there. That Gaming Trend is where you want to go. You can go to the site. You can also follow us at Gaming Trend on Twitter. And you can follow all of us individually on Twitter as well. You can follow Mike at THFool, which I guess is The Fool. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you can follow John at John C. Fer- uh, Farrell, which is, uh, or is it Farrell? John C. Farrell. John C. Farrell, which is two R's and two L's. Um, you can follow Elisha at Katamari's Forever, and you can follow me at Bootstrap Pierce. And once you've done that, you'll have all the gaming news, retweets, and coverage you'll need for the rest of E3. 
and you'll be set. And so much sass. And, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of memes from Elisha. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you for listening. We, uh, we are happy that we filled your ears with an hour and a half of noise. And now go watch and read our coverage for E3 and watch all that noise. Um, and, yeah, go, uh, go be nice to everybody on the Internet. And go, uh, be, go call your mom. Uh, go play games, mom. I guess. Go play, go play your game. <laughs> play um, games. Good night.